0: Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. After Jesus had spoken, a Pharisee invited him to dine at his home. He entered and reclined at table to eat. The Pharisee was amazed to see that he did not observe the prescribed washing before the meal. The Lord said to him, O you Pharisees, although you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, inside you are filled with plunder and evil. You fools, did not the maker of the outside also make the inside? But as to what is writ within, give alms, and behold, everything will be clean for you. The gospel of the Lord. Lord Well, just want to say a word of welcome to our grandparents who are visiting today. It's so good to have you. A number of our students from Sacred Heart got your grandparents here. I think that's really, really awesome. I love that we've got this tradition. And this year we're doing. Like, it's Grandparents Week right here at the parish, so that's pretty fun. So what I want to do here this morning for this homily is I want to direct our attention to um, St. Paul's, the first reading we heard, St. Paul's Letter to the Romans. And uh, it's, it's, it's intense. It's an intense part of the letter, and it's really worth reading and reflecting on. So if you got a chance, maybe later today, go home, crack open your Bible, and go back to the very beginning of St. Paul's Letter to the Romans just to look at it again. So Paul, there's a lot of things that he's saying about just the the state of humanity, the things that human beings have done throughout the years, and instead of hearing St. Paul's words through the lens of uh, like a tone of anger or a tone of frustration, I just want to encourage us to hear them through a tone of heartbreak, because that's really what's going on, right? Because it's Paul who's sharing in the, the Father's heart, who breaks for his sons and daughters. In particular, this line, this is what the Holy Spirit drew my attention to. the end of the reading, we we heard this. They, meaning all of us, human beings, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and revered and worshipped the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and revered and worshipped the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. And this exchange, right? What was the result of this exchange? Like, Did it make God angry to the point of wanting to smite us? Did it make Him angry to the point of Him wanting to, to wipe out humanity again? No. Like I said, it broke His heart. That's what sin does. Sin breaks the Father's heart. Sin breaks the Father's heart. It angers Him for one reason and one reason alone, because of what it does to us, right? Because sin is self-inflicted woundedness. Those who are parents, those who are grandparents, you know this like, more intimately than, than anybody. That when you see your children choosing things that are bad for them, you're not indifferent to it. It breaks your heart, right? This is the father's heart-breaking. Reminds me of a, a passage from again one of my favorite writers of all time, C.S. Lewis. He wrote this that he said, "All that we call human history—the money, the poverty, the ambition, the war, the class struggles, the empires, the slavery—all of it," he says, "is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy." Like this, like this whole process. This is the work of the enemy who hates our humanity, right? The enemy who doesn't want us to, he doesn't want to see us flourish. The enemy who doesn't want to see us achieve our destiny, who doesn't want to see us get to that finish line, right? That, that finish line of union with God, glory with God. The enemy who doesn't want to see us have that happen. So he offers us counterfeits, these These alternative proposals for what we can do to find our happiness. The enemy says something like, here, this. This is what your heart is looking for. This is what you should make your life all about. And the reality is we might not be living in, like like St. Paul was, in the midst of this ancient pagan world with, you know, temples to gods and goddesses. We're We're definitely not living in that world. We don't have that kind of overt pagan idolatry today, but what we do have is the truth still of what Paul said 2,000 years ago. Like his words still ring out just as true, that we have exchanged the truth of God for worship of the creature. Right? We are living in what we would call, I guess, a post-Christian culture, a culture that has moved on from Christianity, a culture that thinks that the gospel, that thinks that the things of God something to be dismissed, right? A culture that has moved on from Jesus Christ. Somehow our culture has grown bored of the most interesting man who's ever lived. A culture has grown bored of the most gripping and incredible story that's been ever told. right? So into that vacuum, into that void, right? what happens is we worship the creature. We think the creator's boring. We don't think the creator's done anything, so we worship the creature. We think Man, what can the human person do? What can man do? What can we develop with our technologies? What are the powers that we can develop, right? We've exchanged the worship of the true God for the creature or the things that the creature has made. In the end, like, we're the ones who suffer that. Humanity is the ones who suffer that. And the church's mission, what we're doing still today is the same thing that St. Paul did 2,000 years ago, right? We still have to propose the gospel, but today we have to re-evangelize people. We have to win people back who have left the faith because the Christian faith is anything but like ho-hum. It's anything but boring, right? It is anything but boring. It is the most extraordinary thing that has ever been believed by the vast majority of human beings. Our Christian faith, it's the shocking proposal that God, out of his sheer goodness, made everything that is, and out of all of that stuff that he made, we are the creature that God loves the most, even though... At the very beginning of our story, humanity colluded with the enemy and we sold ourselves into slavery and we entered into rebellion against that God who made us and who loved us. And then instead of abandoning us, that God went to war on our behalf and he came to fight for us by coming in disguise in our human nature to wage war against the enemy. And he defeated him by letting the enemy swallow him in death and exploding death from the inside out. Like, that's the story and it's extraordinary. That's why St. Paul says this gospel, I'm not ashamed of it. He says it's power, it's explosive power. I'm not ashamed of it. And neither should we, neither should we. Our Christian faith is anything but boring. It's anything but boring. And man, our world needs to hear it. Who in their right mind would exchange the worship of that God for anything else? Not me, I'll tell you that. So my brothers and sisters, let us be refreshed again today by the scripture. Let us be refreshed again today by the Eucharist that will feed us to carry out again the mission that, the God, that our Lord has given us in our own particular mission field, whatever that might be. Amen.